Hey, what it do? It's Friday afternoon for me, Grant Cohn, on the West Coast. That's Coach Noah Johnson, old friend of the show. You know, you know where he is. He's chilling in Brazil because he's, you know, fighting the feds. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, fighting the feds. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. How about you? Let me actually. Let me get some light in this room. It's like. It's like a, a no. I like the effect. You kind of look like that Chandler Jones effect going on. <laughs> it's not it's too soon, too soon, too soon. <laughs> All right, so it's Friday. We ain't got no job. We ain't got nothing to do. Let's talk football. Injury report is out. Here's what you need to know: Dre Greenlaw, questionable. Elijah Mitchell, questionable. Injured his knee yesterday in practice. Somehow it's practice. Things happen, and then Debo questionable. Jawan Jennings, doubtful. I mean, sounds not as going to lose, right? No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. But what do you think? you think Debo's going to play? Do you think it matters? Does he play? Does it matter? Should he play? Uh, I think he plays. I think he plays. Nah, he says while taking I, I a think... sip of Sprite. Why? No, it's not Sprite. This is... It's, this is... I'm repping, repping. Star- it's Starbucks, man. It's a Starbucks. It's a Starbucks. Oh, okay, Starbucks, cool. Well, so. we sponsor our show, so we're not going to talk about them. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I think Debo plays, and of course, I think Debo matters, right? He's one of the better. He's one of the better offensive weapons on the team. So, like, why? He's wouldn't- good, but he's no Ray Ray McLeod. I. <laughs> yeah. There is an argument to be made. I, there is an argument to be made. I think, to me, like in my opinion, I think the most ex- expendable player players are your running backs and then your wide receivers. So I think you can find. I think they're easy to find. Like rel- plays both. Easy to find, right? Yeah, he does play both. Um, what about wide Debo, backs though? You can't just find wide backs. Aren't no, wide backs walking down the street? Or Debo, are there? Debo, but Debo is pretty special, right? Because like I think you and I both agree he's. He's one of the most unique wide receivers in the league. Um, he's in, by all accounts, fantastic shape. And when he is, when the ball gets in his hands, he can score from anywhere on the field, right? Why? And because, why? Because yeah. he can break. He he can Thank break you. eighteen tackles. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But what's the flip side of him breaking eighteen tackles? A lot of contact. He may be questionable one a, w- a couple weeks or out. Very violent style of football, and it's week four, and it's the Cardinals, and they're fourteen point. Uh, I'm whining, and they're fourteen point favorites. It's like, do, can't they give him a week off? They gave Brandon Ayuk a week off. He's playing this week. Isn't Brandon well, Ayuk, George Kittle, Ray Ray McLeod, and Christian McCaffrey enough to beat Arizona at home? I would. See Grant, I would applaud. I would applaud the 49ers and Kyle if they did sit him. But uh, I know, I, I know well, they sat. I know they yeah. sat Ayuk, but like th- that's not enough for me to say that they're going to do. The it was game. a Thursday like, game too. I need to see it. I need to see it happen with more players in order for me to say, oh yeah, they'll just they'll take it easy, let them relax, and and save them. You know. So are you saying that they, that they're concerned about arizona or it's a divisional game so can't take them lightly it's an an nfl game right so like i know the cardinals are the the cardinals but it's like i mean they just beat they just beat the the cowboys by 12 right you gotta take them seriously uh, 
yeah, I think you have to take every team seriously because you don't. No, like, you don't. Listen, not the Broncos, there, not anymore. There has been there hasn't been a team that's gone undefeated since the Patriots, and then they, and then the postseason they went, they lost. So I mean, like on on the right situation, I think any team could could pretty much beat. You never know what's gonna happen. Like what if what if you're playing Arizona, you're playing Arizona, and then your quarterback goes down, right? Like. Or what if you're playing Arizona and three three quarterbacks go down, which has happened in I know, albeit it was it was against Philadelphia, right? But like we've seen that, we've already seen that happen. Um, so crazy. So crazy best shit. guess for for the betting public out there, you think Debo's going? You think best guess? I'm gonna guess yes. I think yes. He's trying to get that those those stats. Okay, but Jawan Jennings most likely not going. I don't know the Niners' record without Jawan Jennings, but I don't think it's good. So I'm curious. That's probably great, but is this is this is this another bell? Is this bell time? Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Bell time. What do you think of Ronnie? I like Ronnie Bell. I feel like he's he'll be their primary slot receiver next year when Jawan Jennings is making bigger money elsewhere. Yeah, you you said. I think you tweeted one time. Did you're like did uh did Ronnie did Ronnie Bell just Wally, just Wally Pitt? Pitt. <laughs> I you yeah. you you got to be at least thirty five to know that reference. <laughs> yeah. Wally Pitt but, was the first baseman for the Yankees. He took one day off. Lou Gehrig replaced him and never missed a game. Like he had the, he was Iron Man. He just like never, ever, ever not played and until the end of his career when he got Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah, I mean, I to me that would be a play straight out of my my playbook because if it came if it did come to that because I like I said I believe you can you can find wide receivers and you can replace them. I know Ayuk is awesome. He's, he's great, but you've already put so much money in Debo. And if, if I'm just saying, if Ronnie Bell, if his career keeps ascending like that, you know, uh, I think it might be worth looking into. Right. Um, and something that, cause I haven't been on the show we haven't talked about is that if you look in the past, the Niners are actually pretty freaking good at drafting and developing wide receivers now. Like, Jalen Hurd notwithstanding, but that was a mistake. And I Jalen Hurd happy and the aren't cat they happy guy. To, what? After that, Jalen Hurd and the cat guy, but like you, you throw true. those two That's out. That's it. You throw you throw those two out, like and if they hit on Ryan, they're good. They hit on Bell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they hit on Kendrick Bourne, didn't pay him, made the right call. He's a good player, but they can replace these guys. Probably mm-hmm. not gonna pay Jawan Jennings, someone else will. Like, a lot of teams aren't good at drafting and developing wide receivers. I would hope the Niners are good at it because it's the position Kyle played himself. And I never understood what he thought he saw in, Dan- in Dante Pettis. But we don't need to go there because that's neither <laughs> here nor there. But whatever he thought he saw, it wasn't there, and he learned. And Ronnie Bell, when I, honestly, when I watch Ronnie Bell, he reminds me of Dante Pettis just in, like, their size and their height, weight, speed, and kind of how they move, except Ronnie Bell's, like, the guy has all the toughness. He's a dog. Dante was, is not a dog, but neither here nor there. Ronnie Bell. How many catches do you think he's got? Over under two and a half. Over under two and a half. And, and he, and he catches the ball. He like, he catch he catches the ball. Like when, when that ball went up the left, when that ball went up in the end zone, did you have the? Did you have a feeling when you, when it went up and it was like I don't know when it was I don't know five inches from him? Did you, I knew it was going to be a touchdown, right? Like, yeah, he wasn't going to drop that ball. No, it just you know what that reminded me of. Remember week three, 2019, 
when the Niners eked out that win over the Steelers and Mason Rudolph at home and Dante Pettis made the game winning touchdown catch in the left corner, left front, left corner of the end zone. Remember that? Uh-huh. How could you forget that epic game? Well, it just reminded me of that play, but better. So, <laughs> so, okay. I'm curious to see Ronnie Bell without Jawan Jennings. It almost feels like there's more pressure on Debo to play. Like, cause if you don't have Debo or Jawan Jennings in the starting, then your receivers are Ayuk. Ray Ray and Ronnie Bell, which frankly, they could beat the Cardinals by double digits with Ayuk, Ray Ray, and Ronnie Bell. And then I'd he, like to see Ray Ray get some playing time on offense. I'm not making fun. Of, I like Ray Ray McLeod. I think he's like the most underutilized player on the team. Take some of Kyle Uzcheck's snaps, give him to Ray Ray. I'm tired of watching Kyle Uzcheck do nothing. You know what I'm you you know what I'm tired of of not seeing him play at all is Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. Okay, so let's talk about that. Elijah Mitchell, questionable with the knee injury, hurt himself in practice. Hey, if he's less than 100%, Dude, how about Jordan Mason? Remember remember when they gave Jordan Mason the ball like three straight times to close the game out? And, you know, they, the, game, the game was over. The game was over, right? And they weren't going to throw the yep. ball. So they're like, Let no. me, let's... So the defense knew the defense knew they were giving the ball to Mason, and he's still and he's three straight times he got positive yards and got the first down. So I just don't know understand the reluctance to play him every time. I don't know every time I or you you've got other content creators out there that watch Jordan Mason play and are like, wow, this guy's great, and they've been kind of banging the banging the table for him as well. Um, at least when I've seen on Twitter, I just don't know what the reluctance is to play him. Is it, you know, because everything from, from I've seen, he, he certainly looks like he's a back. Is it the fumble in preseason? I mean, I, that would be a shame. Let me just tell you real quick. You know, do you know how many carries he has this season? Three. Five? No. Three. And you know and that it was the... the it, it was, was like the, to close out like series, a, it was yeah it was the series I just spoke about yeah so do you know the the stat success rate for running backs it's like it, did you get forty percent of the required yards on first down sixty percent of the required yards on second down and hundred percent of the required yards on third and fourth so on, b- by that statistic he's sixty six percent success rate on those two three runs uh, Elijah Mitchell this year twenty five percent success rate on sixteen carries averaging three point three yards per carry don't know what's going on with Elijah Mitchell. Doesn't seem like himself. I think it's time to let Jordan Mason be that number two uh, running back. I think he's a perfect complement for McCaffrey. I don't know. I agree. I, I, I don't know. I totally. I, I feel like Grant. I feel like Jordan Mason's going to be the. What's going to happen with him is, it's going to be a situation where he has to play. Like McCaffrey and Mitchell aren't available. Mason's going to get the ball a lot, and he's going to look good, and then then he's going to be a free agent. And then yeah, like, and someone else will get him and actually use him. The, the Niners it, always have like one or two players that they keep on their roster because they know other player, other teams would, would do something with them, but they don't know what to do with them. Like Ross Dwelly's been that guy for seven years. They refuse to let him go, but they never use him. And then Richie James was that guy for a while. They just had him here, and then he finally let him go, and now, and now he's like productive. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he's back. Sorry, I lost you for a second. Are you good? All right. Yeah, you're back. You're back. All right, so that's the injury report. Nathan Flores, I'm all over Eli Mitchell. He's a good back, but he can't stay healthy. Mason season. Mason season, indeed. Daza, 
0187 says, as good as Debo is breaking tackles, is he worth his salary? It seems like we can get the same sort of production with Ray Ray and CMC. Yeah, the thing is that I don't know if – can they even get out of that contract, right? Because if you look like – looking back, at if I think if they could probably reverse time, the better move would probably have been trade Debo than wait sign Ayuk, right? Like that's probably yeah, – trade I mean, in my opinion. Let's take whatever you can get. Well, yeah. I think I think they would have gotten like a first, a uh, first yeah. for for him. Yeah, Tra- trade Debo, sign, you know, re-sign Ayuk, and all of that. But like, I don't know if you can get out of that Debo that contract. I, I think you'd take a no. big. You'd you'd really have to eat. And right now, the Niners aren't in a position where they could just eat, do something like the Rams did, and just eat all that cap. I have another question: Would Debo be as good on other teams, or is he enhanced by the scheme? I think he'd be. I think part of it is. I think he'd be uh, bad on other teams, but would he be as good on other teams? Which team, though? Is he going? To, is mm. he going to Miami? I feel is like this scheme is so tailored to what he does. If you put him on a team where he had to go da- deeper downfield, or I think I don't know. So you don't think you don't think Mike McDaniel's would know how to use Debo? I know that. All, I know that Ross Mike McDaniel would sure speed. know how to use him, but I, I think it takes a certain level of creativity to get the most out of Debo. You think like you, you, you just gave them to the Cowboys? They'd use them in a super basic way. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like those, there's all those vanilla teams in the NFL that don't really aren't exactly cutting edge. The Giants, well, if he went to the, if he went to the Chiefs, if he went to the Chiefs, he'd be really, really good. If he went to the Raiders, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he'd still be really, he'd be really good wherever. But I feel like Brandon Ayuk would almost be better on other teams. I don't know that. I couldn't say that about Debo. And you know why I say yeah. that. Yeah, I do. I, I do. I'd probably agree with that. I think because Brandon Ayuk most of, would get, he probably, first of all, he'd probably get more volume of balls, right? Because the Niners right. don't, the Niners don't throw the ball enough in, or, in order for no. like, for you to have all these uh, receivers, with crazy stats. Yeah. That's why like, that's why these trade, these trade ideas, oh, let's get Mike Evans or let's get uh, Devontae Adams. Like, that's not going to work. Like, those guys are going to be cool with with catching with catching like 400 yards and two touchdowns. Like, I wouldn't look at it that way. I bet Devontae. I bet a lot of players would love to play for the 49ers, particularly Devontae Adams because he's from here and he's on a terrible team. Like, would Mike Evans rather catch 150 balls on Tampa this year and win five games, or come to the 49ers have his uh, uh, production cut in half but like win a Super Bowl? I think some players might be into that, particularly think, guys in their 30s. But I don't know if the Niners are going to add another wide receiver. I doubt that. Well, I think they'd be cool of it to to an extent, right? But like, I don't think they'd one be year. cool. I don't think they'd be cool with half of their production. I mean, they might be yeah. good with like eighty percent of it or something. Like, That's fair. Yeah, yeah like if Devontae came to the Niners, he would expect that he'd be the number one option. Like, I'm Devontae Adams. Yeah. You traded for me. I'm not taking a back seat to Debo or George. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Talking Head says Kyle isn't playing Mason because he's afraid of changing anything and jeopardizing this hot start. He's riding CMC until the wheels fall off. Well, if the wheels of CMC fall off before the end of the season, that's not good. He should be. Yeah. That's what we're trying to prevent: the wheels falling off. Specifically, you, like I remember there was something somebody said something to the point because uh, they were pointing out the offense's efficiency with Christian McCaffrey, and they're like, "Well, now we, you can see." You can see why Kyle doesn't want to take him off the field. I'm like, well, I think it actually proves the opposite point, right? Where you, if the, if the offense is that efficient with him on the field, wouldn't you want 
to preserve him and make sure he's available to you when like the games matter as far as winning a Super Bowl. Like you, you know, because <laughs> yeah. if he's not there in the playoffs, that's and you gave him twenty five touches a game, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out who's culpable. And, and it's Two not only times. that. Not only that, Grant. It's like the way the way they use the running backs, or the way like he doesn't he doesn't do it like oh let I'm gonna give McCaffrey two and then I'll sprinkle in Mason with one. He'll go McCaffrey like ten straight, and then he'll go and then he'll bring in Elijah Mitchell for like five straight or whatever. Like, give- why? It's so weird when you watch the Dolphins, who are the same freaking team basically, alternating snaps between not snaps but carries between Raheem Mostert and Devon A. Chain like. Do you have to go to Yale to figure out how to do that? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. The, the thing is, like, I, I don't. I believe that tired players are going to be more apt to be injured because they're not going to be. True. They're not going to be able to have the reaction time to protect themselves in specific, like, in situ, in odd situations. So, for me, if I want to protect Christian McCaffrey or any or anyone else, like, if you just had a big run or he's been in for a long period of time, get him out, give him a breather and then, and get him back. You don't have to, you don't have to run him like eight straight times, you know, or put, or put him. And I don't know what the whole, what the whole thinking is behind that. I don't know if it's like Kyle and his game plan, he needs McCaffrey in, in order to execute his game plan and doesn't want another player, doesn't want another player. in, And he has another, I don't know what the thinking is behind it, but there's gotta be an alternative it's got to be a big picture you're looking at. There's got to be more than just the next play. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm going to change the subject a little bit. What do you think of Javon Kinlaw's resurgence? Is it surprising to you? Um, it, in a way, no, right? Because we've talked about this in the show before. There's always, with the Niners, they always seem to get the best out of players when they're in, like, contract year, and the players got to have it. And like, I think I was watching the show with you and your father. And I think your father said, Javon is like, I I thought he was playing for his career. I think your father said that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny when players are put in this situation, right? How then they, they, they'll succeed. Um, So it, it, it's surprising in the way that I wasn't necessarily sure about his knee, but it's not surprising because the Niners seem to get the most out of players when they're in this situation where they need to perform. Um, we've seen it happen before with, with, with others. Um, so in that regard, no, not right. What's interesting about the Kinlaw thing is if you, ju- if you haven't watched and you just looked at the box score, it wouldn't really indicate a resurgence, kind of the same. He doesn't have any quarterback hits. He doesn't have any sacks. He has two tackles. But if you have watched, you notice that he's caving in the pocket and creating pressure. What are you seeing on film from Kinlaw? I think it, I think exactly that. I think he's he's caving the pocket, creating pressure. Wilkes is. It looks to me that Wilkes is specifically installing five D line fronts for Thank him you. to to use him. Um, Thank you. And he is, and we we saw that from right from the get go from early on. Um, he's been able to use his size where like how you want him. He's their, he's their biggest, he's their biggest guy. And he's been, I, I think he's been pretty effective in the run game. Um, so, and I think that was their whole intent, right? The whole, 
if you remember back to when they traded for Buckner, there was like rumblings like, hey, the Niners want to get bigger inside, right? And then mm-hmm. they traded Buckner and they drafted Kinlaw, who was what uh, I don't know if he was bigger at the time, but it, I think he's is he listed at three twenty now. Mm-hmm. I, he might be a little bit smaller now, but yeah, yeah. But he, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. Yeah, he is. Um, and so I, I think, like you said, he, it's not a box score thing, but when you watch the tape, he's playing really well. I think what's interesting about his resurgence is. I think Steve Wilkes gets a lot of credit. Now, the knee, staying healthy. It had been hurt for so long, but at the same time, you're thinking he's young. He just needs, like, some good luck. So I I don't know if you're if I'm surprised or not that his knee's holding up, but it's encouraging, and it's a good thing. I think what's interesting is how Steve Wilkes is using him. This reminds me of Solomon Thomas with Robert Sala. High pick, didn't work out. I used to talk to Robert Saul on the phone and give him ideas because I'm so smart. And I was like, Robert, why don't you try? Wait, have you given him any ideas lately? No, I'm leaving him alone. <laughs> He's in hell right now. Poor guy. So I'm like, Robert. And he saw Solomon Thomas over there. I'm like, why don't you put Solomon Thomas at nose tackle in a five-man front on a pass rushing down so you can get him a one-on-one matchup against a guy he can beat? Like, I'm, I, I'm sure Solomon Thomas can beat a center one-on-one. And – I don't think that Robert Sala ever took any of my suggestions. I'm not sure why he talked to me on the phone to begin with. I think he, we're just, he liked talking to me. But I mentioned it to him. He, I don't think he ever did it. It's exactly what Wilkes is doing with Kinlaw. Like, if you put him at three technique in a four-man front, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he, he still has to prove himself. But in a five-man front where he's one-on-one against the center, there's not many centers who are physically imposing enough to, to block him. And I saw it in training camp. When they would do one-on-ones, he was going against centers playing nose tackle, and I could kind of see the thinking. And I think it's really smart on Wilkes' part. I don't know that – I know that one of the one of the tactics I know that I've used in the past and, and I know other defense coordinators in the high school level use is when you get a new center in high school or a center you don't feel as good, you put a player that is far superior on him and just try to get him to freak the hell out and – starts fumbling snaps and all that stuff. So um, obviously like not the same thing. Cause I, these are still NFL players. Right. But you know, if you got, still, got a guy, yeah. I mean like it's tough for Javon Kinlaw when he doesn't have his pad level down to just physically manhandle overpower starting NFL guards. Those are big, big guys. I mean, he learned that the hard way with Lake and Thomas in, in practice, but I do think a guy like Kinlaw of his stature and build and power can just manhandle most centers, even with high pad level. And I'm not saying that's the only way they're using him, but it seems like a good way to get his confidence up, man. Just whoop this dude's ass. I also think, I also think from just even just outside of thinking outside of Kinlaw, I think maybe some of the idea behind it is like Wilkes might be saying, all right, we're matching your guys up front, big, big for big. So now, if you don't match us big for big, you're gonna are you gonna put a have a back to block Kinlaw or or, or an edge guy Armstead yeah. or yeah or Hargrave Drake like, Jackson what yeah is, so he's he's yeah. kind of in, he's kind of ensuring some one on one some one on one matchups because he knows other those big yeah. bigs have to handle bigs have to handle bigs you know. Um, yep. so I think that's, that might be part of why he's doing that as well. 
but again, but it, it's great from a humanity standpoint, great for Kinlaw. Uh, you know, it should, he probably won't get the contract for the, with the Niners, right? But he will get it with, if this continues, he will get it with somebody. Um, it's not going to be a Javon Hargrave, uh, Hargrave deal, but it, it, it'll be enough to uh, support his life. No doubt. It's a great story. I mean, he was really he was really walking through the valley of the shadow of death for the last two years. I mean, his career was on life support. His career was in a coma for like two years. And all of a sudden he just pops up like the undertaker and he's making plays. <laughs> so I think it's cool. He really had to bide his time and be patient and grit his teeth. And now like his life is rolling again. Good for Javon. It might, it, it, the, the whole Javon Hargrave deal uh, might've had a played into that in the sense that right. like, now they have a starting defensive tackle where they don't have to just throw Javon out there even when he's not ready or Good so point. like it's not you're, they're not putting so much pressure on him where like, all right if you got to you can't play if you got to sit out for a couple games then sit out it's not going to kill our rotation obviously it will hurt the rotation yeah. but we're not going to lose a starting defensive defensive lineman right so yeah and um, this year he's playing 37% of the snaps which seems to be a good number right now for him yeah. Okay. Let's get let's talk quarterback. Brock Purdy is now the best quarterback in the NFL, surpassing Patrick Mahomes. It's been official. It's been official. Yeah, the NFL announced it. Um, no, but seriously, this guy could win the Super Bowl this year. It's nothing to, to laugh about, sneer about. This guy is good, and he could be the Super Bowl MVP in like a few months. Is I there a Super Bowl I, winning quarterback comparable to this guy? I thought back to this, and I, I think the situation that you might be able to compare him to is the last one that Peyton Manning won. Um, because yeah. people people ask a lot, like, "Hey, can can you win a quarterback with him? With or sorry, can you win a Super Bowl with a quarterback that has this kind of arm?" Right um, now, Peyton Manning in his heyday had a better arm than Brock Purdy. But when you, his final season, I mean, people were making fun of his, making fun of his passes, right? Like the way, but they got, they got to the receiver. Defense Um, was crazy. So good. The the defense was crazy. He had, he had Kubiak, a Shanahan disciple as his, as his coach. Um, So the original Shanahan disciple. Right. The, now there are some there are some differences, right? So like Peyton obviously had what like almost twenty years of experience to lean on. Yes. So twenty years of experience of anticipation and all that. He was bit, he was taller, so he could see see over a defense, but Couldn't he wasn't move. as mobile he wasn't as mobile, right? Didn't mm-hmm. didn't have that aspect of, of the game. Um mm-hmm. and I think if you look back, I think uh Brock's skilled players around him are better. Um so yeah. I, to me, I'm looking, I look at that situation. If you're looking at can a quarterback like Brock win the Super Bowl, I think if you compare it to the Peyton situation, I think there's some, there's some ample comparisons to draw to there, um, especially with the defense, um, a good supporting cast on offense, um, a good offensive coordinator, um, you know, a and, bad offense, though. The Niners have a much better offense than that Broncos team had. If I yeah, remember correctly, I mean, I know they had Demaryius Thomas and 
They just That's what I'm saying. After, but, yeah. But didn't didn't but like after Peyton, if I recall, Demarius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, and uh, was it Eric Becker? They both kind of fell off, right? Yeah. Well, if you remember that year, Peyton didn't play all the games. He was in and out. They had a lot of Brock Osweiler times, and his name is Brock. Yeah. <laughs> So, didn't did he start the season as a quarterback? No, he came in and brought, okay. So, if Brock Purdy's Brock Osweiler, then who is the Peyton Manning of this team? Obviously, it's Sam Darnold. Do you think Florio think thought that like Osweiler would could be successful because Osweiler? It's not kind of it's kind of a strange name, right? Like, I couldn't believe you, Florio said that. It was the most child. I'm childish, but not that childish. Like that was silly, beyond, beyond. Especially when. Especially when you have like a guy like that Ben Roethlisberger that once like Ben Roethlisberger, it's like was not like a conventional quarter buddy, but he was pretty good. Then you have people that have like really cool names, and I think that's why they get drafted so high. I think the name thing matters, man. Tua, great name. Joe Burrow, freaking rhymes, great name. Justin Herbert, not a good name. <laughs> Jim Druckenmiller. Oh, terrible name. <laughs> kind of interesting though. All right, I got one more bonus topic and then we'll do some other stuff. I got a bonus topic. What I admire and respect about Kyle Shanahan. I want to give him his props. I've been thinking about him. Like, on the one hand, I don't really consider him a coach. I think of him as like, most of the time, I think of him as a play caller and a play designer. But I think that's kind of unfair to say because the more I think about it, you can't deny that players play really hard for Kyle Shanahan. So whatever you want to say, what his deficiencies are, what his flaws are, and I think he's interesting because I do think he's flawed. We all are. He's a leader of men. There's no question about it. And I don't know that he gets enough props for that. When you ask his players what they like about him, they don't talk about his scheme. They talk about how, how he leads. All of them. And as someone who's decidedly not a leader, not a leader, I don't want to lead you. I don't want to follow you. I am an independent contractor. I respect a good leader, and that's Kyle Shanahan. I'd I'd agree with that. I mean, whether you whether you agree or disagree with his decisions or or how or like the perception of the players is is overwhelmingly positive, right? Like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he does he does produce. If you look at the staff he produces, like he's producing a lot of very good coaches. I mean, that's another aspect yes. of, of leadership as well. Um, there's point. there's plenty there's plenty of things that you can you not like about Kyle Shanahan, but yeah. um, as you said, we've all had our we've all have our flaws. And what's even better is maybe uh, are you starting to see that he's maybe correcting some of these things? Now, like, Perhaps. for instance, we, you and I talked about the use of Christian McCaffrey the week prior to the last game. I believe he said he has to, he had to get better with that. Started and to sprinkle in. And he did. He did. Right. He did. Now, I, uh, it, Mitchell got 10 carries last week. It was, it was, it was a thing of beauty. Right. Now, is that going to continue? Is, is he going to, is because if, if Mitchell can't go this week or is limited, is he just going to be like, all right, not, it's got to be Christian McCaffrey or, or nothing. Or like, is it going to be, is it going to be, oh, got to play Debo because Elijah Mitchell's out, can't play Jordan Mason, and I need to use Debo as a running back? Why is Ty Davis Price on the team? What would you him? say <laughs> like, you do? 
not his fault, but like, yo, you kept a fourth tailback to not suit him up. Anyway, we're talking about what we admire and respect about Kyle Shanahan. I spent so much time nitpicking him, criticizing him, talking about what he needs to improve on. And I like doing that with Kyle Shanahan because deep down, he's a good coach, a leader of men who's not, I put him on the hot seat so many times, but I've never fired him. Because he is a good coach. He's just flawed. And I like covering a flawed coach. And I don't know a coach who isn't flawed. Except yeah, and Josh McDaniels. And I think another thing it seems like, it seems like they're, maybe this is, it's certainly an aspect of Kyle or, or it seems like overall, like they're willing to move off of their mistakes they're willing to just say, okay, this is a mistake. Let's just move on from it. Um, you know, the, the Trey Lance situation, the Trey Sermon situation. Um, you know, I think there's been, a, I think there's been other, a couple more like uh, that. I think they've been able to learn that they can't just sit on a situation. They could have with, with, the, with Kinlaw, right. They could have been like, they could have went another year. They didn't have to sign Javon. They could have just went another year. Like, oh, well, Kim Laws needs to be healthy this year. Let's just plug him in there and can go, right? Um, I think they've learned to move on. I think that's definitely mm -hmm. part of Kyle. JCK510 says, I don't think Kyle is a great leader. I think he's a great evaluator of talent and finds leaders around him, and he doesn't try to impose himself as the leader. That's what players respect, in my opinion. It's a good point. And we have criticized him for, you know, having a delegation, the Cabo crew, having a clique, deferring to veterans. But maybe he feels like you can't be a dictator to, you know, the best athletes in the world making way more money than you. Like, you kind of have to be diplomatic and let them lead the team. And he does a pretty good job of that. And they all respect him and they all play for him. Yeah, it's know. not like it's not like they're a 500 team. I mean, they're getting to the, nah. they're getting to the NFC championship. So, like. Whatever he's doing is actually working. They're just not – they're in the top four teams in the league. Like, just – there's only one Super Bowl winner, right? So, you know, I, I think there's this notion that if you don't win the Super Bowl, you suck. Like, which – You suck. It's, yeah. The worst. No, yeah, I started that notion. Yeah, you, 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 may, you may have. I started that notion, yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that I really respect that about – I feel like I had an epiphany. Like, I was hanging out with my friend last night, Mr. Hart, my French teacher from when I was a kid, and – he thinks I hate Kyle Shanahan. And I was just, he's like, what well, do you like Kyle? I was like, I do like, Kyle. I like covering him because he's flawed. It's interesting. And we just kind of went from there. Like, yeah, flawed, but not bad. Like, you know, good play designers, players respect him. Players like him. You like his taste in music? In music? Not really. No. Not I feel like guy. he's one of these ads who kind of like stopped discovering new music 15 years ago and has the same playlists that he plays all the time. And it's annoying. Um, also, what else annoys me about him? Uh, about um, um, oh, uh, how, uh, how he like answers questions after losses. He's so defensive. <laughs> but when he, how he answers questions after wins, he's terrific, man. He's really nice after wins. Gracious. Do you think like when he, when or if he ever wins a Super Bowl, is just going to like, he's going to answer every single question that that's thrown at him? Like, when he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to be on the, on the podium like, and uh, he's going to be talking to Roger Goodell and he's going to be like, in your face, Grant, right here. <laughs> and you're just going to have to eat it, right? You're just I'm going to be like, thank you. That's what quality control is all about. All right. Just a second.
Let's talk about my uh, sponsor for the channel, Prize Picks. Daily, if you're into daily fantasy, Prize Picks is the best. Let's do some wagering. Let's do some. Let's place some entries right now for the upcoming game. Uh, it's more than or less than 50.5 receiving yards for Brandon Ayuk. Let's start right there. He's good to go. He's going to play more than or less than 50.5 receiving yards for Brandon. What do you think? Mo. Mo? Mo? Yeah. Why? Mo. Mo. Uh, Mo. He first came back. You know, uh, Brandon Ayuk has been on fire at the beginning of the season. Beginning of the season, um, I think they'll probably look to get get the ball to him. Um, I don't know. I don't know that Arizona has has the horses to stop him. Um, yeah, that's why. I, like, I could. I think he's going over fifty five. I'm gonna say Mo as well because I'm not sure that Debo's gonna play or play that well. He might be like uh, a decoy, a Debo, a decoy Debo, D- decoy Samuel. But yeah, even Juwan's probably not going to play. Yeah, I I could see that. But even when they are on the field, right the the first the first two games, he was looking for Ayuk first. No doubt. Also, name one cornerback on the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. More than or less than one point five pass touchdowns for Brock Purdy. Mm, one point five. Yeah. Um. More, more. This is easy. It's more. The Niners are going to score a lot of points in this game. How did you even have to think about that? More. I don't know because I, I kind of got the tra- like I think it might be closer than people think, but well, you're wrong. And I I could see I, I'm just thinking in my head like I could see Brock running one in like. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. What about Christian McCaffrey? Seventeen and a half rushing attempts for uh, Christian. More. Easy. <laughs> easy money that's gonna be 24 at least 21 easy all right uh george kittle more than or less than 41.5 receiving yards uh wow uh you know what more more right because I, I just don't think debo is going to be doing much in this game even if he it it sounds like plays. that plays the cr- crazy Crazy as it is, if he plays, given Mitchell and Shanahan's reluctance to use Jordan Mason, he might Debo might get more like carries than than receptions. <laughs> like, yeah, being yeah. especially being questioned. Yeah. Last one, last one. Uh, Marquise Brown, forty-five and a half receiving yards, more than or less than. For, say it again. What? Marquise Brown, more than or less than forty-five and a half receiving yards against the Niners. Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown. Um, less. Less. The Cardinals are getting worked. I agree. Let's place this entry right here. I'm putting down 20 bucks. If I get all five of these correct, I get $180. You already know I'm getting all five of these correct. Let's place the entry. Thank you very much, Prize Picks. If you want to play, you want to you want to sign up, click the link in the description. Right there, baby. All there right. You Thank you, Prize Picks. Uh, you, you, let's get, huh? You don't yeah. have a thing. You don't. You don't have like a thing, a code for people to enter for people to use. Oh, do I not? Do I have a thing or a code? Hold on, hold on. I might have a thing or a code. Um, yeah. Use promo code Cone C O H N and receive a one hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Supposed to say that. Prize Picks is great. They're. Re- I mean, everyone plays Prize Picks. Everyone knows about Prize Picks. Thank you for uh, sponsoring the show. 
They should take some supers. Yeah, they do now. Great. Now I have to Photoshop Mook Dog on the Undertaker's body. LOL. It's a good image, isn't it? It, it is. is. Brooks. It is. JT says, you do anything for the upcoming 69K? Nice subs. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Taking it in stride. Scribe Mind says, uh, nearest Super Bowl comp is Russ. Young, run first offense. Quick and undersized. Russ is bigger arm, but it's not like the arm. It's the play calling. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I could, I could see it. Like, there's not exact perfect comparison, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. I see it. All right, let's talk about this game. The Niners are 14 and a half point favorites, and they're going to smash the Cardinals. But if they don't, and the Cardinals pull up, pull off the the second shocking up upset in two weeks, how would that happen? Do you, do you know that? Joshua Dobbs hasn't turned the ball over. Yeah. Yeah. I think if Arizona continued that trend, if they protected the football and Brock Purdy turned the ball over, I think I think that's the recipe for an upset. Yeah. Um, that's sort of how they lost to the uh, to the Falcons last year. Mariota protected the ball, ran, sort of kept the chains moving. And Jimmy Garoppolo did his thing. Yeah, and and it, it's it's funny that like everyone was goofing on that coach, right? But it, he's doing a pretty good job over there. Like I know they goofed on him because of that one thing he said that one time in that hard knocks, whatever. Yeah, but there's been a okay. couple. Of it. I think there's been a couple of videos where he where he's <laughs> you're like, but uh, it's true. Look, but uh, he's better than Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's doing he's doing all right. I mean, I know I know they blew a lead against the Giants, but like the Cardinals yeah. aren't a good team. I mean, yeah, to even get that league was pretty was was impressive. Um, they I think they're Dallas. outscoring opponents by like thirty something points in the first half game. Like he's they're they're jumping out on on teams like the Eagles do. I just don't know if they have the talent to finish yeah. it. I mean, on the positive side, like if the Niners do lose the game, like you could they could help uh, the Cardinals get stay away from Caleb Williams. That's true. That's true. But do they even need Caleb Williams? Do they have Josh Dobbs? I, 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 okay. What do you think of Josh Dobbs? And how much better than Brock Purdy is he? I mean, how much better, worse than Brock Purdy is he? Who, who do you think Taylor Swift would rather date, Josh Dobbs or Brock Purdy? Josh Dobbs because he doesn't have uh, eyebrows. <laughs> have you noticed that? Yeah, he reminds me of. He actually looks like uh, I follow. I follow UConn basketball, and uh, he looks like an, an old UConn player called Charlie Villanueva. Looks just like him to me. I remember Charlie Villanueva. Yeah. How old are you again? Forty. Yeah. Yeah. Good age. I remember when I was forty. Yeah, that's it. Solid, solid 4-0. It's a good good number. That's it. Well, the, isn't, what, was it a, like a, uh, was William Floyd? Was William Floyd 40? Yep. I can't remember who's 40. Yeah. Bar nine. Bar nine. What, okay. do you, what, do you, what do you think it looks like if the Cardinals beat the 49ers? It looks like the Cardinals 
controlling the time of possession, getting an early lead, running for a lot of yards. But that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because here's what's going to happen. The Niners' defense is going to whoop that ass in this game. They're going to whoop that ass. I'm sorry, but no team whose skill players are James Conner, Hollywood Brown, and and Rondale Moore is beating the 49ers unless 800 turnovers happen, give or take. No. No. This defense is too good. I have too much respect for Kyle Shanahan as a head coach. To even, it's going to be like 34 to 13. They're going to win by three touchdowns. Do you I'm think- trying to jinx them. I'm trying to jinx them. I want a good game. They're going to win 80 to – they're going to put up 80. They're going to put up 71 points just because Mike McDaniel put up 70 last week. 80. Do you think Do you think Bosa will have an impact game? Like, like I, I know I – so I'll be no. the first to tell – Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll no. be the first to tell people that, that he doesn't need to have stats to have an impact, right? But, like – Right. He has – he has been – He's too good of a player to not have a noticeable impact on a game. And he's been, I will admit, he's been on a streak since the playoff of not like, like having that kind of noticeable impact. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you don't, you don't think, you don't think he's going to have like a. He'll make an impact, but they have a good offensive line in Arizona. Anyway, I got to get out of here. Brooks says Dobbs reminds me of the main character from powder. I don't even know what that means. I got to <laughs> run, guys. It's been good. Let's do this again, man. Have a good time. Stay, you know, stay up down there. Keep your, keep your head up. We'll do. We'll All do. right, man. I'll talk to you. Soon. See All you guys. Right. Yep.